God's beloved, we open our Bibles to the minor prophet Jonah, probably one of the minor prophets we're most familiar with. Uh, Jonah chapter 2, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 7 today, and we are going to be doing this, uh, as you, I'm sure, understand as a topical sermon, so I'm, I'm focusing on something I think we can learn and benefit from. I'm not giving you, uh, although I did the exegesis, I looked at the Hebrew, I'm not giving you the same kind of sermon as I would if we preached through it all. I want to I wanna highlight and focus on something today that I, I think will be beneficial to us. But I'm going to read uh, Jonah chapter 2, 1 to 7. We will look at a few verses in chapter 1, as I think the story is pretty familiar with everyone. I won't give us the whole story. I'll assume that you're pretty familiar with it, although I'll, I'll touch on it briefly. Uh, this is the part where Jonah has been thrown into the sea, and uh, then he is saved by the whale. And we're going to see his prayer, mostly in the whale, referring to his prayer when he was in the sea. And something we can see there. Uh, almost as I was preparing, I thought, oh, might have saved this for a Thanksgiving Day service. But keep that in mind. We have our harvest feast next week, and then the Thanksgiving Day service the week following. And uh, this idea of being thankful. We, we see that most of his prayer is really a prayer of thanksgiving. But what we want to see, particularly, it's an answer to his first prayer, which was a pretty interesting context of where he was praying and how, how immediate he, he would need to pray to be saved. Hear now the word of the Lord, Jonah chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods have compassed me about, all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. Well, beloved, let me ask you the question. What do you think would be your first response? What would be the immediate thing you would do if you fell off a boat into the ocean, had seaweed wrapped around your neck, you couldn't get up from under the water, and a shark was nibbling at your toes? What would be your first instinct to survive? You might be thinking of thrashing around and probably these things are not necessarily can't happen at the same time together and kicking and ripping things. And, but what needs to be always your first instinct to survive in such an intense thing, such a terrible thing, frightening thing? Your first instinct needs to be to cry out to God and pray that he saves you. That's what Jonah did. 
When God's people get themselves into deep troubles and near-death experiences, they must immediately pray for salvation and then offer thanks. I give you to that as the main thing we're focusing on in our text. When God's people get themselves into deep troubles and near-death experiences, they must immediately pray for salvation and then offer thanks. And that can be troubles and near-death experiences not only physically but spiritually. We've got to remember to immediately cry out to God, expect him to deliver us in Christ, and then give thanks in response. Now see how Jonah prayed to God within the fish. Uh, most of this is his prayer within the fish, verses 2 to 7. But notice he's not praying, save me in the fish. He's not praying, how am I going to get out of here? Rather, this prayer is a prayer of thanksgiving because God saved him with the fish in answer to his prayer when he was nearly drowning at the bottom of the sea. His prayer in most of chapter 2 we just read, verses 2 to 7, is really talking about his earlier prayer referenced in verse 1. And again, where was that prayer? Under the sea. Now stop and think about that. I want to review the verses. Notice he's highlighting, you delivered me. You answered. You saved me. Thank you for answering my prayer. And he tells us what the prayer was. But keep in mind, he surely wouldn't have opened his mouth. He surely wouldn't have taken a breath to try to pray. Had all come from his mind to the Lord, from his heart screaming out, and though a mouth couldn't say it, and he's trying to pray while he doesn't drown and suffocate from the water, and yet that's these words he's praying as he's trying to survive. Consider again what's happening as he's trying not to breathe in the water and hold his breath, and he's down there in the depths of the sea. Recognize also a lot of this reference of I was in hell. You know, I was in the depths of the earth. There's a lot of this imagery that relates to the connection Jesus makes in the gospel that it's just like, just like that. So Jesus would be three days and then saved from corruption. And he, he does pray about, thank you how you saved me from corruption in verse 6. So there's certainly a lot of typology here to be recognized. But I want to hone in on just this fact of how immediately he prays to be delivered. And that the Lord does. And then he prays so much thanksgiving about it. And he tells us what that prayer asking for deliverance was saying. Let's look at verses 2 to 7 again. Notice, this is the prayer in the fish. He's not praying to deliver me from the fish. He's saying, thank you for sending the fish to deliver me when I was praying to you to be delivered in the ocean's depth, almost going to die. Notice what he describes. Notice he's describing the prayer in the ocean. He said, I cried by reason of mine affliction. Verse 1, notice again, he's praying unto the Lord in the belly of the fish, out of the belly of the fish. And he's praying, this is what I prayed earlier. I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said... 
I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet... Hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God? When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came into, unto thee, into thine holy temple. And that last part of verse 7, let's recognize. When I almost fainted and I would have suffocated, I would have drowned, right? I remembered the Lord. And I prayed to him. And this whole prayer is, and you saved me. And here I am now, and saved, and I can breathe. I can't imagine that it was a pleasant uh, aroma, but yet he's saved and not drowning and has the understanding the Lord's going to bring him back to where he needs to be in life. See, Jonah is recalling his earlier calling out to God, praying for deliverance just before the fish when he was in the ocean just about to die. Here, this is a prayer of thanksgiving for answered prayer that came just before, and it was desperate prayer. He remembered to pray right when he needed it to be delivered from something that he might have been distracted from doing. Notice that both of these prayers are immediate. When Jonah prayed, also notice he prayed where? What direction? He prayed toward the temple. I remember Dr. Spear, uh, who was Mrs. Raglan's pastor for a while in San Diego. I remember him pointing that out in seminary class. Where did Jonah pray? He prayed toward the temple. And that's spoken of twice. Verse 4 and verse 7. He prayed toward the temple. Why is that significant? Well, he's tried to run away from the presence of God. He doesn't want to go to the Ninevites and preach repentance. He doesn't want to. He wants them to die. He runs from God. He thinks he's away from God's presence as far as he can get in Tarshish, essentially the end of the known world. He thinks he's away from God's presence, and yet when he knows he's about to die, he prays to where God's presence is manifested with his people. But in particular, where mercy, where forgiveness is represented in the shedding of blood, where life is restored with God. He doesn't just pray out anywhere. He prays toward the idea of where God is with his people in a special way. Though he ran from God, when God threw him into the sea, and notice he says that it's you did this. When God threw him into the sea, he knew to turn back to God for mercy where it is found. And of course, the tabernacle and the temple are representing Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, where he brings us into salvation. He brings us into God's saving, living presence. And so he returns to God's call upon his life. He returns to God in repentance. He cries out to God for mercy. He has the temple in mind where mercy is represented as accomplished in Christ. He comes to God in Christ and God puts him back on his call, the Christ's call on his life. So beloved, may you, so must you turn to God in Christ in heaven and find mercy and deliverance. From hell. 
and from living hells you find yourself in because of people and providences, but often, often by your own doing. These bellies of hell you find yourself desperately trying not to die in because of your own doing, because of your own running from God. When you are in deep trouble, even because of your own sins and fleeing from God, remember to pray to God. Remember to pray to God in Christ to save you. Or even when you're walking on water like Peter, trusting in Christ, but then you find yourself sinking in fear for the waves all around you, yet still cry out as he did, Lord, save me! Right? That was an immediate prayer. He's about to go down and sink and drown. Lord, save me! And Jesus will immediately stretch out his hand and catch you. Further, look at verse 17 of chapter 1 here. And actually, I want to remind you the context. Verse 15, So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Remember, he gets on the boat, and uh, they're wondering, why is this incredible storm happening? Who has offended their God? Jonah says, it's because of me. Throw me overboard, and God will stop. I serve the God of Israel, the true living God. Throw me over. And they don't want to do it, but they finally do out of desperation, and the sea's calm. So he's been cast into the sea, but it's really God, as he says, casting him into the sea in discipline. You can't outrun God, and God mercifully disciplines and brings back. But recognize he's been cast into the sea. But then look at verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. And again, the whole prayer is when he was in the belly of the ocean, how God sent the fish to rescue him. But notice, it would seem before he even prays, God's already got that fish coming. Think about how Jesus says, go on, let's catch a fish. And he's already got a fish coming with a coin in it to pay. The special tax, right? I think about God's providence and Christ's power. There's a fish out there who he has caused to eat a coin that Peter's going to catch right now to have that coin. So similarly, God has sent this fish. It's been swimming around. In God's providence, he's directing it right to near the boat where Jonah's going to be cast in. To swallow him up, not to destroy and devour him, but to deliver him from certain death in the ocean's depths. God already was providing deliverance. And then God causes him to cry out for that deliverance so that he is delivered, you see. Just as God was sending Rebekah to Isaac already before Isaac began to pray for her and then looked up and saw she was on her way, arriving. Just as Jesus says to you in Matthew 6, verse 8, in his wonderful Sermon on the Mount, telling you to pray, he says, your father knoweth what things you have need of before ye ask of him. So part of the praying for deliverance is recognizing he's already been in the process of delivering you. He's got it all set up and he's going to make sure you scream out to ask for it as all of his means of grace. Remember that Jesus said, just as Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days, so he would be in the heart of the earth before he raised himself up three days. So again, there is that typology God intends with this. Real story, but typology. 
And that's important to know as we would cry out to be saved of our sins, saved from hell and saved from the effects of sin in this world. Because on the cross, Jesus took your sins and paid for them. And in the grave, he conquered death so you can turn to God for life and resurrection. And he can raise you up from hell into heaven. And he can raise you up from stormy trials to dry ground. And then remember immediately to pray with thanksgiving for the means that God sends to save you. Recognizing that it is God's answer to your prayer for survival. Even if it is in the belly of a stinky fish for a while. It's going to put you back on course. Back within his calling on your life. Beloved, in your times of trouble and trials, when you feel like you can't keep your head above water, let your first gasps of breath be prayer. Find that he answers. And remember to immediately offer prayers of thanksgiving for being rescued by your Redeemer who heard you and who answered you. And let these prayers similar to Jonah's be yours more and more immediately in your need to be delivered before anything else. You cry out to God to be delivered. And then immediately as he does to remember to thank him in prayer. And remember how he's answered that prayer. Psalm 3 verse 4. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. And he heard me out of his holy hill. Selah. Psalm 31 verse 22. For I said in my haste, I am cut off from before thine eyes. Nevertheless, thou heardest the voice of my supplications when I cried unto thee. Psalm 42, 7 through 11. And the last verse I'll read from it, remember, is a refrain in that psalm twice and again in the next Psalm 43. But keep in mind its context. Psalm 42, 7 through 11. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me. And my prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto God my rock, Why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword in my bones, mine enemies reproach me while they say daily unto me, Where is thy God? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope Thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Psalm 69, verses 1 to 3. Save me, O God, for the waters are come in unto my soul. I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. I come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. I am weary of my crying. My throat is dried. 
Mine eyes fail while I wait for my God. Psalm 118 verse 5. I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. And lastly, Psalm 120 verse 1. In my distress, I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me. All these are reflecting what Jonah's saying in his prayer of thanksgiving. I cried out. My head was wrapped with weeds. I was down in the depths of the belly of the ocean. I was as good as dead. I couldn't even open my mouth to pray. But I prayed with my soul, which is also being almost about overflooded with the waters, about to take my life. And God heard me and delivered my life from death. Now, of course, remember, recognize ultimately this picture it's giving you to cry out to God to be saved from hell, eternal death. Cry out immediately to be saved of your sins and be given life in Christ. But cry out also as you deal with all the things in life, possible real death situation like that. All kinds of other things that have you desperate and panicking and putting you in risk of taking or losing your own life in some way. Because isn't that how we often are when we are panicked, when we are afraid, when we're scared? We, we react and we try to take hold and control of things. The only thing it will do is be like being stuck in quicksand. You just keep sinking deeper and deeper. You can't save yourself. Beloved, you need to remember to immediately cry out to God. Immediately in those moments. Don't panic. Pray. Nearly drowning is a frightening situation that could easily cause you to drown yourself in how you respond in fear instead of faith. Don't be afraid. Pray. Trust God to save you. And like Jonah, when you are in trouble, remember to pray. Beloved, I offer that to you as the sermon message to remember and apply in your life. And I think this is something we're going to have reason to make frequent use of and good use of. When you are in trouble, remember to pray. I want you to especially think about those moments when you feel so desperately in trouble, something's thrown upon you, you're thrown deep into something that you have to respond immediately to, feeling you might very well die there. Remember to pray. When you are in trouble, remember to pray. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we do thank you that uh, you were delivered from hell and as Psalm 16 prophesied of you, your soul did not see corruption. So we see that typified in the true story of Jonah, not left to be corrupted in, in death in the sea, but rescued three days, three nights later. So, Lord, you did not stay in the belly of the earth. You were delivered. You were raised up. You raised yourself up. And so you will raise up. And you have raised up our souls. And you will raise up our bodies on the last great day. Lord, in the meantime, we find ourselves in all kinds of dire straits and troubles and trials, some that are likely to induce panic and the kind of response that forgets our God and even not meaning to forget you, but taking things into our own hands out of panic and fright. Lord, help us to remember, but first, pray. 
even the peace that will be brought over us and our seeing your hand coming down to lift us up out of the waters and into the light. Lord, we thank you that you have saved us from the belly of hell. And we pray, Lord, that you help us to remember to cry out to you to deliver us in our need to be more sanctified. Deliver us from our sins, O Lord. Lead us not into temptation. We pray also, Lord, you deliver us from so many different struggles that are brought upon us, not because of our vices, sometimes because of our virtues, as the enemy and the world go after us to destroy us. Lord, let us remember to pray. Let us remember to pray. And this is our prayer. Let us remember you and to cry out to you. And then, Lord, indeed, as we have our Thanksgiving season coming to us soon, let us remember to say thanks immediately. Let us remember to stay close to you and that you will lift us up on eagle's wings that you will carry us through the wilderness, that you will carry your lambs in your bosom. We do thank you, O Lord God, and we are praying indeed as we look at all these things. Ultimately, we are praying and crying out to you, come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. And all your people said, Amen.